Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome, and thanks for being here. I hope everyone is doing well. This is overall episode 125, but episode 25 of season three. We're halfway through season three already. Doesn't seem possible. Uh, first week of the NFL is over. Did not disappoint. Uh, great games, crazy injuries, overtime on Monday night. Rodgers out for the season after four plays. And everyone, including me, pulling out our Zach Wilson cards and dusting them off, hoping for the best, hoping for some kind of uh, miracle that uh, these cards uh, gain value. Uh, the Dallas Giants game that I thought was going to be probably one of the better games of the weekend was probably, you know, to me, only the only disappointing uh, game all weekend. You know, I guess it, I guess if you're a Dallas fan, you were you were super excited. But, you know, it was uh, it was easy to turn that game off early and go, you know, watch something else. But anyways, uh, let's get into today's episode. Uh, so after last episode, um, a lot of feedback. Um, you know, the episode starting to see some card show fatigue, just a ton of feedback. Uh, and one thing I just wanted to throw out there, because a lot of people seem to ask me this, and I, and I guess I really wasn't clear. Uh, a lot of people asked about the foot traffic last week, a ton of foot traffic at that show last week. And in fact, all the shows I go to, I even talk about going to these local shows um, that, you know, there were times when I used to go to some of the local shows, you know, there wasn't, you know, many people in the parking lot. Every, every time I go to these shows now, I struggle to find a place to park. The foot traffic at any show has not been the problem at all. Uh, probably, you know, over this past year, I think um, shows have been really well attended. Um, so, so definitely last weekend there was just a ton of uh, a ton of foot traffic. Um, but I did get a lot of other feedback, you know, agreeing, disagreeing, and just some thoughts, other thoughts on what people thought, you know, is going on. Um, so today I just thought I would talk about the comments. I was overwhelmed with comments and I thought this would just make a great episode just to talk about these things. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the comments and I want to focus just a little later on a handful of listeners who reached out with some feedback and they all pretty much had the same thing to say. It was, it was interesting and it's something I want to share with you guys towards the end of this. Um, and it all kind of tie in to, you know, today's episode, but last week's episode as well. Uh, so really today's episode is based on some uh, listener feedback. Um, as for starting to see some card show fatigue, the feedback 
was mostly agreeing, right? You know, a lot of people saying for local and smaller shows, um, maybe there's too many of them. Um, but they felt that there just wasn't at these smaller shows, there just wasn't a lot of money being spent. You know, people were saying, Oh, you're bringing, you can't bring, you know, three, four, five thousand $5,000 cars to these, to these local shows, which I, I kind of disagreed a little bit. Um, but I had a lot of people, you know, reaching out saying that, um, People were saying they're seeing, you know, the local shows, they're seeing the same dealers with the same inventory um, who set up at the local shows or any of these smaller medium shows. Um, and I'll just give you a, for instance, we have, a, you know, local shows here in Connecticut and I, you know, they run every month and I know I see the same dealers at both of those shows, even though they're on either sides of the state or, you know, pretty far away from each other, the dealers are still going to set up there. And I know what they have in their cases. And a lot of times they probably, you know, they may still have the, the same stuff in their case. So, you know, it's, you have certain people that have the same stuff in their case a lot. And then you have other people and we all kind of know who those people are, who are always turning over their inventory, right? They usually don't have the same cards, maybe same type of cards, right? But not the same cards. Um, and these are the guys that, you know, even myself, you like you when you see them, you're like, oh, cool. I want to go see what they have because they always have something kind of cool or unique or better and and usually just a really good selection. Um, from walking and setting up at so many shows, um, I probably know all the dealers, right? And and um, some of them I will go talk to. And I've never really bought anything from them, just maybe because they're not selling stuff that I want, right? Number one. Or number two, you know, some of the guys being dealers that I go to these shows that if I'm just going to buy something to go sell to somebody else, sometimes it doesn't make sense, you know, the prices. And sometimes I feel, um, especially when I know people and people get to know me, I know some really pretty good friends with people. And unless somebody really wants to sell me something, it's tough for me to go in and say, oh, hey, the last comp on this card was 100. Can I get it for 60 so I can go sell it for 80? You know, for for all that, it, it, I'd rather just have a great conversation with you and move on, you know, than trying to do all that. Because in some sort of sense, uh, you know, I, I don't feel right doing that, right? So when I go to these local shows, a lot of times I'm looking more for maybe some stuff for myself or maybe to sell some of my cards. Right. And, and talking about the guys that have the same inventory all the time in their case, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm, I've been that guy many, many times. I mean, I know I've been at shows, right. And, uh, I'll see somebody come up and I'll think, eh, you look kind of looks familiar. And they'll start looking at my case and all of a sudden they'll stop and they'll look right up at them, me and they'll be like, hey, you're at like so-and-so show, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember your cards. And immediately I'm like, man, that's not a good look. <laughs> not for me. You know, I I, I want to be the guy that people are going to say, oh, this guy's always got new stuff. But but it's hard. I mean, it's not easy to continue um, 
to turn a lot of inventory unless you're very active on social media, you're very active at the shows and, and you're buying well and selling well. I mean, I, I, I haven't hit that level yet. I'd like to get to that level, but I just haven't hit that level yet. Uh, it seemed to be the consensus that more recently people aren't buying bigger cards at smaller shows, uh, but buying smaller cards or digging through single boxes uh, at smaller shows. And the bigger cards and the bigger deals are happening in, happening at bigger shows. Um, and a lot of people, you know, are talking about you know, all the money's at the bigger shows, the money's at Dallas, it's in Anaheim. That's where all the cash is. A dealer even said to me last week, you know, when, when they say, he said, this guy was right next to me. He said, yeah, just feel like kind of a strange show. He goes, I really have a feeling all the money's in Dallas this weekend, you know, because I know there's a handful or more of dealers that are usually set up at that show that weren't there that I know were in Dallas that weekend. Um, and I know people are going to disagree. They're going to, we're going to have disagreements to these statements. I understand that. And I'm with you, you know, but only so far. I mean, I've been at smaller shows. I've witnessed 30 K cash deals at smaller shows. You know, I've seen these deals happen. I've seen five, eight, 10,000, 15. I've seen people counting the, this money out at these smaller shows, but I haven't seen it recently. I haven't seen it lately at the smaller shows. I haven't spent a lot of time at the smaller shows either. I usually go for a couple hours. I walk the shows. I talk to people. I set up at the, you know, how do you describe it, right? A, a smaller show to a mid show, right? So the smaller shows are what, 60, 65, 70 tables, you know, to maybe a hundred or 110 tables. Usually that's where I'm in the hundred, hundred and up on the tables, a hundred, 150, 200, 250, you know, that's kind of where, where, you know, my sweet spot and setting up there. Uh, but I haven't in, in the shows that I've been setting up at and the, and, and the smaller, the smaller shows, I haven't really seen like really big deals. The last big deals, uh, I've seen the big cash deals I've seen going down with, were at the national, uh, back in July. I watched a lot of big cash deals go down there, but I haven't really seen any big cash deals at shows that I could really report about, um, uh, I also heard that like last weekend, if there, you know, if there's shows going on and I don't care where you are in the country, I mean, I'm talking about here, you know, in the Northeast, but anywhere that, because people are reaching out to me from all over the U S right. Leaving comments. And the consensus is if there is a big show, like a Dallas show or the Anaheim show, there's one of those shows going on that weekend. The, the smaller shows are going to be slow. They're going to be not, you know, not as travel, you know, not, not as much foot traffic, uh, maybe not a lot of higher end cards being moved, um, you know, for, for, the people who are there are the local collectors and the local flippers um, versus the mid to high end collectors and flippers are traveling to these big shows. This is where, this is where they're making money. This is where they're spending money. Uh, this is where their bigger opportunities are. And it kind of used to be, and I used to talk like a lot of people I talked to when I jump back in 
and they would say, oh, there's these small shows, uh, you know, all over. You go out to Pennsylvania and, and you know, these remote locations for these small shows. This is where you're going to go get these great deals. And then you can bring these cards back and, and then, you know, move them, you know, set that, you know, when you set up, set them up, you're getting them in a good deal. And then you can come sell them in a good deal. And I've traveled to some of these smaller shows and I really haven't gotten you know, great deals. I, you know, it's not something like it was a cash cow that I went there and I was like, oh my God, I got to hit this show. You know, next time the show is open, I've got to go there. And I think I've, I've listened to a lot of dealers talk about this and talk about doing these shows. And I've reached out to a few and say, hey, do you still go to this show or that show? And they're like, no, last time I was there, it really wasn't that good. So I think kind of the, the, the industry, the market may, may have caught up a little bit too. Um, yeah those deals, you know, you're traveling a lot, but are you really getting, you know, some of those good deals? So again, the, 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 the smaller shows, you know, maybe just smaller sales, not, not saying less sales, maybe just smaller sales, not as big now. Um, and all of these are really valid points with arguments, both sides, arguments on both sides of that. Um, but a few listeners reached out and, and this is, this is what I was talking about earlier. And, you know, I had about four or five people, um, reach out and talk about this. And it was, it was really kind of the same thing. And I was like, wow, I really, this is something I really need to share. I need to bring this out, you know, and put this out on the podcast, but they reached out and said, the advantage at these shows used to be on the dealer side of the table, buying and selling. But recently, that's changed. They feel the collector and flipper on the attendee side of the table now have the advantage of buying and selling. Um, one person said, hey, I get to the show early. I just try to take advantage of a nervous dealer who needs to recoup their money, you know, for the cost of the day, the table, the traveling, maybe a hotel and all that or, you know, whatever, whatever the expenses are you know, and just tries to find a bigger card, you know, that a dealer may have more room on or be more apt to sell at a bigger discount because it's a big sale. And as a dealer, I know I'd love to have a big sale first thing in the morning. There is nothing better at a show than for somebody to come up and make a big sale or you make a big sale first thing in the morning because of the rest of the day, you're just sitting back, you're relaxed and, and things are just, you know, going smooth. It kind of sets the tone for the day. Um, I had another person said, you know, he walks the room. He, he'll just doesn't matter what time he shows up. And sometimes it may be later in the day, but he just walks the room and just looks at the dealers. He looks at their, what they look like. If they're looking defeated, just slumped down in their chair, looking defeated. He says to himself, hey, I, I, I know I can make a deal here. I know I can get something done. I can, you know, I can get a deep discount on something. I can just tell by the look on this guy's face that he wants, he needs to make a sale and I'm just going to, try to move in and take advantage of that. Uh, another guy said to me, Hey, you know what? I go from table to table and I offer well under con. I select cards out of everybody's case, you know, anything I'm interested in buying. And I just, I'm going to, I'm going to offer well under comps. And, and most of the time they'll be like, no, this, I really need to be here. And sometimes people are like, okay, I'll make the sale. 
But he said the key to what he does is he goes back a second time, makes mental notes. He goes back a second time. He goes back to every single case and he reminds the dealer of his offer. And he said, there's a good amount of time, you know, an hour later, or an hour and a half later, the later it gets back in the day. And I come back around and I'm offering again on the same card, you know, I'm giving them a second chance, you know, and I understood when he said that I'm giving them a second chance because there have been times I've been at a show and somebody would come up and we'd negotiate back and forth and I'll give you, I'm just going to make up some figures. You know, uh, I got a card for 500 and they'll say, you know, will you take 420 for it? I'll be like, no, nah, I really need to get 450 for it. And they'll be like 425. And I'll be like, no, no, I'm really, you know, I need to be closer to 450. Um, and they may even come up a little more and say 430. And at that point, I've felt like, you know, I, I've made a stand twice. You I mean, I should just stick to it because maybe they'll come up and they'll be like, okay, I'll think about it. And they'll walk off and I'll start to think, and I'm like, I, I you know, I, I lost that sale for $20. Was it worth losing that sale for $20? And I think to myself, if I had an opportunity again, if that person was standing in front of me again, would I say, yeah, I, I can do it for 430, right? So genius what this guy's doing because he understands how we're thinking as a dealer and he's coming around a second time saying, you know, I know you needed, you, you need, you really were at 450, but can you do 430 for it? Like I, I could do cash. We can get this deal done right now. I bet you, I bet you six or seven out of 10 times, if someone did that to me and it was a small amount, $20, $25, 15, 10, something like that, I would probably say, yeah, I can do that. Throw my hand out, shake your hand. Let's get this deal done. Something like that. So genius. And as, as I'm reading this, I'm like, you know, these are all, these are all little things that I understand from being on the dealer side of the table. Right. But now I'm understanding how the attendee is thinking, how they're thinking, what they're thinking, what they're thinking, looking at me and coming up and negotiating on this, you know, on a card. Um, so it got me thinking as I read this, has the advantage moved from the dealer to the attendee? I mean, has this happened? You know, I talk about everyone coming to the table. They want to buy under comps. Everybody wants to buy under comps. And if I can't buy a card well under comps and be able to sell it under comps, how, how could I continue as a dealer? And, and I understand that. And I, and I faced this like, like a year ago, I faced this and I knew this. And I said, look, if, if when the, when the market a year ago, a little over a year ago, but maybe a year ago, I think it was August, September when that market dipped, uh, when I really had to take a long, hard look at what I was doing and, and, and being a dealer and setting up, I knew if I couldn't figure out a way to buy cards and be able to sell them under comps and still make money, then the, my dealer days were, were numbered because I couldn't keep going to shows uh, because it's an expense. I mean, the table's an expense, the travel's an expense, everything's an expense. And, and you know, if, if, I, if I 
if I'm breaking even on cards or only making a few dollars on cards, it, it really wouldn't be worth it. It'd be better for me just to go show up as an attendee and walk around and do what other people do, try to sell on Facebook or buy these cards and send them off to, you know, consignment or whatever else. So, so I had to figure out a way to be able to buy the cards, sell the cards, you know, buy, get, buy the cards well, sell them under comps, but still make money, make it worth my while doing this. And, and I don't know. I mean, I know there are a lot of people who do this, right? But I, I, I think, I think there's more people that don't do this. Like, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they, they love the hobby more than they're good at the business part of it. Um, because, you know, I'll walk up to a table and I'll see a card. For instance, I'll see a card. Uh, you know, a Joe Burrow card. And I'll be like, oh, that's a nice card, right? I'll pull up my phone, psh, take a picture of it. You know, I'll look it up and I'll see a last sale. And I'll say, oh, here was a last sale right here. You know, this card sold for $650 uh, on eBay. And then I, I uh, open it up, you know, I zoom in on the PSA label, and I realized that card sitting right here in the case is this person bought it at the 600 or $650, but they're selling it for $750. And then I say, well, the last comp on it was 750. Yeah, but you know, they have a story, but there's no, but I mean, it's the identical card. This is it the card I've got the, so I think to myself, how, how good are they at doing, you know, is somebody going to walk up to this table and they're going to convince somebody to buy this card? you know, for over $50 over $75 over. And if they are, I need to stay here and figure out how they're doing that. Because I don't know many people who are going to walk up, especially on a card that has a very high pop count. And it's the, the last sale is right here. And you were the last sale, right? So I, I'm not convinced that people are that as good at being a dealer as others are. And I know some are brilliant at, at doing this and are buying in bulk and they've got people lined up to sell them their cards. And these are the people that are so successful in this market, but there's not, there's not that, that's not the majority, right? That is not the majority. There's people like me are, are, are out there and just grinding, you know, every day, every week, figuring out, how how to make this all profitable and keep it enjoyable at the same time. Uh, I've completely like and 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 I want to say that there are shows that I go to that I completely have relied on my singles boxes. I mean, thankfully, and I don't know there. I must have been maybe in season one. I think it had to have been in season one where I said to myself. You know, I said on the podcast, I said, you know what, you know, I'm watching these guys with a single case, these high dollar cards, all they need to do is sell one card pays for the whole day. I mean, everything is done for them. And, and there was no real, you know, get ready for a show. These people were like, oh, yeah, I was out doing this, this and that last night. Yeah, I got up this morning. I grabbed my cards. I grabbed my case and I showed up, oh, put my case down, put my cards in and I'm, I'm ready to go where I was home pricing things. I had these boxes and these cards and any sleeving and top loading and, you know, putting all this work. And I'm like, oh, that's way too much work. I want to be more like them. Right. And then people said, no, you don't want to do that. And the singles boxes, that's, that's, that's where you make your money, your money for the day. That's, you know, people really were like, man, that that's not a good idea to give that up. And I kind of gave it up 
And then I realized I went to one show and didn't sell many cards and thought to myself, wow, I really missed those boxes. So I built more singles boxes and I started showing back up the shows with them. And I started realizing they were paying for my day. Right. Um, and then everything else, all the profit I could make on everything else was, you know, over and beyond. And there are shows now that I go to that I've relied on my singles boxes to pay for, you know, my table and my lunch and so my my tank up for get with gas, right? Um, so I'm thankful to have that. And people will, I think today, because the grading is so cheap, I think that's become one of the biggest things, especially last week when I was at the show, more people digging in singles boxes than I probably have seen in a long time. Probably since I, I remember at, at National, uh, the National that people, you know, people were really going. There was people just set up tables full of singles boxes and people were just going through. So, yeah, yeah, those, you know. It's easy to acquire those singles. Um, most people, if you're like me, it was from a lot of those singles just came from opening up, opening up boxes or being part of breaks and things like that. But now that I'm really not opening boxes, I'm really not getting into breaks. Now it's a little bit harder to get the singles. And then a lot of the singles that I've been purchasing, um, I've been doing it mostly online. And it was more about uh, to grade, hopefully to grade these than to sell them as singles. So getting off on a tangent there. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that if I'm selling at a show, I don't have to take a hit on a card to pay for my day. I don't have to be that defeated dealer that says, yeah, just, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to make the sale because I need to put some money in my pocket for the day because my singles are, are putting that money in my pocket for the day. And they're making me feel like I'm happy to have them. And my day is paid for now over here. I'm not going to take a loss on this card because if I sell this card on a deep discount, this person is just going to go sell that card to somebody else and, 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 you know, keep my profit. So I'm not going to let the card go too deep, too deep of a discount. Um, are there too many tables at shows? That's something somebody else said, said these shows are just growing too big are are getting too big. And, and, uh, you know, the the too many tables has shifted the advantage from the dealer to the attendee forcing dealers to compete to be keep lowering their prices just to make sales you know against other deals that are there and i remember when i first started setting up you know the rooms were smaller the table the number of tables were smaller and they were crowded the rooms were crowded uh and there wasn't a lot of time for negotiation and conversation and, you know, people to be taking pictures and really looking up the comps on cards. Uh, a lot of times the attendees were just happy to have your attention. Right. And and the the if there was a card in the case that they liked, they'd say, hey, I'm interested in that card. I would price all my cards. Right. And at that time, you know. Every card is priced a little over comps. No matter where you go, if you have a dealer's price, nobody's going to price their cards under comps, right? So the dealers, we price their cards over comps. But back then, they were priced a little higher over comps, right? Because, you know, you were able to do it and you were able to, to, to make that money. Uh, 
and people were just happy to get a discount. And, you know, they get your attention. They'd say, you know, hey, you know, can you do this on that? I'm like, no, but I can do that. And they'd be like, all right, great. And they would, you know, if they were interested in the card, they would just buy the card because it was a lot of work getting up at tables because there were so many people in there. Right now, I know the rooms have expanded. The number of tables have doubled, tripled, quadrupled. Right. Um, and everything is so spread out now. Uh, the attendees have more time to go up to a table. They can see everything. They're not, you know, uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder with people. For the most part, things are spread out a little more. There's more time to negotiate. Uh, there's more buying options on the same cards or similar cards. Uh, and it's easy now if you were able to walk a room and see everybody's case and see what everybody has and ask everybody's prices and then go back and know, hey, this guy here with the blue shirt or the red hat or whatever, he was the cheapest guy. So I'll just go back and buy the card off of him, uh, you know, or even try to get it a little lower if I can. But if not, he's the guy I'm going to go buy the card from. So it's a little bit easier, I think, for the attendee, you know, to, to negotiate or make a better deal. Uh, on a card at a show now. I'm curious what you guys think. You know, uh, is uh, the number of shows growing, the number of tables at these shows, you know, is it is it not show fatigue? Is it show size? Is it, you know, have these, have all these factors altered the landscape of card shows? And if this is the case, Right. If this is the case, will dealers or will the number of dealers or more dealers, will they stop setting up at the shows and just becoming attendees instead, you know, just buying and selling with minimal expenses, you know, instead of paying for the table, uh, they're just paying five or ten dollars at the door to get in and they have free will to walk around from table to table and, and try to sell trade or you know, are able to buy it at, at these shows is, is are things going to change? Is the landscape of these card shows going to start to change a little bit? Uh, I, I really want to know what you guys think. Please, please reach out to me. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. Uh, if you're listening to the pod, come hit me up, uh, message me on IG at sports card underscore lessons. Uh, and, and if you're not following me, give me a follow. I will follow you back. Uh, really want to know. I'd like to hear what you guys have to think on this because I uh, I enjoyed reading and corresponding back and forth with listeners this past week on on that to that one topic, um, and it's been fun. It's been fun, and it's really you know made me start thinking a little more and bringing you guys some stuff, uh, a little extra stuff this week. So uh, yeah, definitely reach out. Let me know what you think. Uh, that's all I have for you today. Uh, I will be back Monday. Yeah, Monday with a brand new episode. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. Until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.